What is going on, friends? Thank you for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. We here at New Vision believe that the gospel transforms lives. So we're going to take an opportunity to open up God's word and see what he has to say so that we can take the best next step to become more like Jesus. Well, this is Ben Curtis, one of the pastors here at New Vision, and thanks for joining us for today's podcast. As we're continuing through our Acts series, I'm going to be in Acts chapter 4, verses 23 through 31. I'll be reading that from the New International Version. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priest and the elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. So the early church has been making some unbelievable advances. And on the day of Pentecost, Peter preached. And all of a sudden, the church goes from just being this small group of disciples to a couple thousand people. And then we saw Peter and John on their way to the temple. And there's this lame man there. Uh, He's been in this condition of paralysis for several decades. And so he's just kind of in a hopeless situation. And he thinks Peter and John are going to give him a financial gift. They're going to give him some money. But Peter says, hey, I don't have any silver. I don't have any gold, but here's what I do have. In the name of Jesus Christ, I give it to you. Stand up and walk. And this man was miraculously healed. And so as people began to gather around in amazement and wonder, Peter recognizes this is an opportunity. I can preach the gospel to these people. And so he preaches the gospel. Several thousand people are saved. So you have this just great movement of God uh, that's happening in Acts. And, and in the middle of all this, something happens, something strange happens when everything's just going great. Uh, Peter and John are detained by the religious leaders. They're brought before the same tribunal that had ordered the murder of Jesus, and they tried to intimidate them. They bullied them. Then they released them, but under the condition, they basically threatened them and said, hey, you should no longer speak in the name of Jesus. So when you step back and you see like God is at work, but then all of a sudden this happens, like what what's this about and what's going on here? So Here's what I see in my life, and maybe you've noticed this in yours. So many times when the kingdom of God is advancing, uh, Satan will oftentimes launch a counterattack. And so what do we do? You know, because when when the kingdom of God moves forward, he's not happy. And, and so he's not going to just let that be. So what do we do? Where do we turn when we see the devil kind of striking back in our lives? And 
I think it's important as we think about this to just notice the first thing that Peter and John did in our passage that we read today was they went back to their brothers and their sisters. They went back to the community of faith and they shared what had taken place. I think it's so important for us to understand we need authentic community in times of suffering. When when Satan strikes back, we need community. That that so often is what stabilizes us. The worst thing that we can do is isolate ourselves. When we're under attack, you know, it's easy to get discouraged and and having this community of faith, being a part of a small group, it really just encourages us. It it guards us from compromise. There's just nothing like being a part of a group of believers. Uh, you know, uh, I think there are a lot of positives to social media, but but sometimes I think the community that we experience uh, on social media platforms uh, just kind of leaves us barren because it's it's kind of inauthentic community. It's not really truly authentic community. Um, there, listen, when I come and gather with a group of guys and, and I can just say to them, listen, guys, my family is under attack. We're struggling. You know, for you, it may be financial, it may be spiritual, but when you can just say that to a group of people, hey, we're going through this difficult time. And then someone gets up and they put their arm around you and they say, you know what, let's pray about that right now. And then, and then afterwards, you know, he prays and prays over you. And then he says, Hey, you know, I really want to know how we can help. Let's get together for a coffee. Let's have some prayer later this week, because I want to know what I can do. I want to know how I can help. You're sitting face to face. You're not looking into a, an impersonal, impersonal computer screen or, or whatever. You're looking at an actual person that you know who's praying for you because you've just heard them pray for you. And you're listening to this person who's saying, listen, I'm not going to let you go down. I'm going to stand with you uh, and be with you through this. And so uh, that's exactly what we see happening here. Uh, They go to the church and they say, this is what's happened. And so as soon as the early church heard this report, so there's this authentic community, uh, notice the next thing they did, they prayed. And I think that's important. That's instructive for us because when Satan strikes back in our lives, so oftentimes the kingdom of God is advancing. We're growing spiritually. Things are good. Things are happening, but then Satan will launch a counter attack. He'll he'll strike back. Well, we need to hit our knees. We need prayer, a heartfelt prayer in those times. So, verse twenty four and, and following it, it kind of records that what they said. And I just love how they started out when they when they heard this. It says they raised their voices together in prayer to God. And they said, Sovereign Lord. And and as they begin to pray specifically about the situation, they have this firm understanding that the God that we're praying to, he's not a God who's afraid. He's not a God who's been caught off guard by this. He's not a God who's wondering, what am I going to do? How's this going to work out? No, they're praying to the God of heaven and earth, the Sovereign Lord. And then I love how, if you just keep reading this prayer, they, they didn't just pray general prayers. They prayed specific prayers. I mean, they had like this laser focus in their prayer. They knew what they wanted God to do and needed God to do, and they communicated that to God. And so, first of all, they just said, hey, God, you know, listen to these threats. We've been threatened by these people, and they're powerful people, and these threats are being made God, take notice of them. Listen to these threats. Hear these threats. And then secondly, they they specifically, they prayed, empower us. I think it's interesting that they're basically saying, God, enable us to do the very thing 
that these powers and authorities are telling us that we can't do, and that's to proclaim the gospel. And and then third, the reason we're asking all of these things is that we want Jesus to be glorified. We want him to be exalted by the performing of signs and wonders. And so they they prayed with this specificity. Um, you know, sometimes I think we find it so difficult to pray during times of suffering because we haven't prepared ourselves for suffering by praying. I just think regular prayer, it does something. It fortifies our soul for those days when satanic attack comes. It it fortifies us for those times when the devil uh, strikes back. Uh, There's a book called A Praying Life by Paul Miller, and it was a really, I just remember this book, it was a really just a a time when Satan was just coming after me, and that book helped me so much in my prayer life. But Uh, Paul Miller said, you know, every time we pray, it's like digging a trench between my heart and God's throne. And so every every day you get up, you spend time in prayer in the morning, during the day or at night. It's like digging a trench from your heart to his throne. And so you, you turn to heartfelt prayer before satanic attack. And that prepares you for those times. And then you turn to heartfelt prayer again during satanic attack. And I love how these verses end. Uh, so cool. It's like it shouldn't surprise us, but God actually comes through. He responds, and it says that after they prayed, this is verse 31, the place where they were meeting was shaken. I love that. God let them know. I mean, this is kind of like the same thing that happened at Pentecost, right? God let them know that he heard their prayers, and he let them know that he was with them. And, you know, sometimes he did this dramatically like he did it here. Sometimes, though, he did it through a still, small voice, but God let them know that he was with them, and he does the same with us. Um, And then it says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And then notice what they did. The very thing that they were ordered not to do, the very thing that they prayed about, they actually continued to do. And the Bible says they spoke the Word of God boldly, which again had been the very thing they prayed that God would help them to do. Now, I have to look at that and say, well, who would have blamed them if they just kind of shut down their ministry or maybe they decided to go underground or just kind of silence it just a little bit for a little bit of time until things kind of cooled off? Who wouldn't blame them for doing that, right? It's tempting, isn't it? When times get hard, when Satan strikes back, it's tempting for us to just kind of retreat a little bit. I mean, who doesn't love Jesus when they're on the top of the mountain? Uh, we're, we're all real zealous when, when things are going good. Everybody loves Jesus on top of the mountain. But the challenge is this. We have to have a settled obedience. And, and this settled obedience oftentimes shows up in a big way during times of suffering. And so when those valleys come, when we refuse to compromise, we know that God is up to something, that he is doing something in our lives because that is supernatural. That is not normally me. Uh, So when Satan strikes back, just remember this, we need community. We need authentic community. We need other believers rallying around us. When Satan strikes back, we need heartfelt prayer. And then we need this settled obedience. Father, we thank you today that those who know Jesus. Lord, we are never alone. You are Emmanuel. You are God with us. And and maybe there's someone today listening who doesn't know Jesus. Father, I just pray that you would just reach out 
and that you would just touch them today. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Thank you for joining us today for the New Vision Podcast. We hope that you have heard a word from the Lord and that you can better walk today in light of God's word. To find out more information about New Vision, we would love for you to follow us on Instagram at New Vision Life or look us up online at newvisionlife.com. And as always, we look forward to seeing you tomorrow.